Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in a series on God's mission and my mission, your mission, joining God in His work, sharing His love with the world. It's an exciting series, and we're talking today about a very familiar parable of Jesus, Mission to My Neighbor. But I'm, I'm expecting that our eyes will be opened by the Holy Spirit to see what that story means for our lives today. So again, welcome to Hope Sabbath School and welcome to our team. What a great series this has been. So practical and uh, we're glad that we can study today. We're also happy to have some remote team members with us. Sabina, good to see you again. Glad you're here. Leah, great to have you on our study today. And Hope, great to have you back with us studying. And we're glad you're with us too. You're part of our global family and you're part of our study. It's in-depth interactive study all together. And we're so happy that many of you have written to us. And if you haven't, write to us, please, sshope at hopetv.org. We'd love to hear how God's blessing you. We'd love to hear the country, where you're watching from. Here's a note from Arena in Indonesia. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, population-wise. And I thought, how many islands are there? So I googled, there's 15,000 islands in Indonesia. I don't know if they're all inhabited, but Arena writes, Hi, Hope Sabbath School family. Got the wave. I am currently working as a um, physician in a rural area in Indonesia. The channel has always been a blessing for me ever since I was a medical student until now. And I feel so connected with you all while studying the Bible with you every week. Amen. We have no idea who's watching, do we? General practitioner out there in Indonesia in a rural area, watching, mm -hmm. and not just watching, but participating in Hope's Sabbath School. Thank you for the gospel of hope that is shared passionately by all of you. Mm. Here's my prayer request. I'm now facing challenges on the process of being admitted into a residency program in internal medicine. I really hope God blesses the process and gives me salvation from my struggles. Thank you and God bless you. Well, Arena, we will remember you in our prayers. Am I right? Yeah. And we just we want to just also affirm you for your journey and God will bless you as a medical missionary for him. Here's a note from Michael in Germany. Michael writes and says, God's blessings to you for the encouragement and faith strengthening way you conduct Hope Sabbath School. Greetings from Berlin. Also to the team and to those behind the cameras. Well, <laughs> thanks to our media team for all that you do. And Michael, thanks for writing to us from Germany. Here is a handwritten note also from the state of New York. I think we had one from New York recently. And the person writes and says, I am closing a small donation to continue the spreading of God's holy word to the hearts of multitudes across the globe. Thank you for the work you do as a team. Your interactive studies have been helping me. God bless you all. And a donation of $100. Amen. I just want to say thank you. Wherever you are in New York, you know I just read your note. 
And thank you to each one of you for being part of this great miracle of God. Someone says, well, I can't do much, but I want to do something. That reminds me of the widow's small copper coins, right? Yeah, exactly. and, and she's affirmed by Jesus for doing what she could. In fact, she gave everything. And that's the heart of Jesus touching our hearts. One last note from Webert. Webert writes from the country of Guyana in South America and says, oh, you know what he says first, don't you? Yeah. Hello, Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> it's a delight to contact this amazing Bible study group. Since 2018, I've been watching Hope Sabbath School. I'm 70 years old, and I lead a group of believers that is now forming into an organized church. Wonderful. Mm. Oh, wow. wow. Amen. Amen. And he's been watching Hope Sabbath School for how many years? Um, and he's now leading a church. Yes. We listened to Hope Sabbath School, and after following the interactive, in-depth studies of the Word, now I'm able to conduct an interactive Sabbath School class. Thanks for Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> We're grateful to the entire team and to those who helped support this donor-supported ministry around the world. We thank God. Amen. I'd like to meet you, Vibert. <laughs> By the way, 65 when he started watching, yeah. 70 now, mm -hmm. leading a, a group that's forming into a church. Wow. You know, that's really what Hope Sabbath School is all about. It's about getting the mission done. Yes. God's mission is also the mission he calls us to be a part of. Well, today we're going to talk about mission to our neighbors, but before we do, we need you to sing our song with us, 3,000 years old. My wife put a new tune to it. It's simple, but it's really important. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart, and I will tell, not, well, I'll let Kylinda tell or Lalika or let Addison know, but I will also be part of the mission, right, of all your marvelous works. Let's sing our theme song together. You know, I was just thinking, maybe uh, little boys and girls in Indonesia walking around, maybe interacting with the physician and learning about the love of God and saying, I just want to praise you, Lord, with my whole heart and be part of the mission. Let's sing the song together one more time. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name almost high. Amen. 
Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, just reading the testimonies from around the world, we're just so thankful that we're part of a global movement that's, that's saying, Lord, will you use me? We want to join you in your mission, dear God. And we thank you for your immeasurable and unfailing love today. Teach us about mission to our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Dr. Luke records a story in Luke chapter 10. Uh, without Luke, we wouldn't know the story, but it's a story that Jesus told to teach us about mission to my neighbor. But to give the context, I want us to go back to, ch to chapter 10 of Luke, verse 25. And Glennie, I'm wondering if you would uh, start our study today. It's, uh, somebody comes uh, and asks a question. Let's see what he says. Now I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So what, do you, what problem, what little, we have an expression in English, a red flag, right? Yeah, it's exactly. like there's something here that doesn't look quite right, either about the question or the attitude of this lawyer. Uh, Addison? In regards to the question, it says, what shall I do? What can I do okay. in my own strength to inherit So it's very much uh, all about, mm -hmm. about me, okay, mm -hmm. uh, Glennie? And in the verse itself, he asks the question to test him. Mm -hmm. So there's some mm -hmm. kind of uh, inappropriate motive, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, uh, not like, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Remember the mm -hmm. leper, Lord, if you're willing. Just say the word, the centurion, my servant will be. This is very much uh, to test him, okay? A anything else that you see there, Jason? It seems very condescending. Seeing that he's a lawyer, he knows the law. So it's kind of like he is basically superior, you know, in okay. a sense. Thinking that he's mightier Something than Christ. And, and by the way, do you know what an inheritance is, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is there anything you can do to receive an inheritance? Uh, you can do something to receive a wage, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, anybody talk to me about an inheritance, John? If you're born into a family, then you automatically inherit what a So parents. inheritance is more about mm -hmm. being in the family. What's the word? Relationship, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Inheritance about, now you could renounce your family right. and right. walk away from an inheritance, mm -hmm. right? But an inheritance is not earned, mm. it, it's it's part of a relationship. So this lawyer comes and uh, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Does that remind you of another story? Sabina, can you, can you remember another story? Do a little computer scan. Uh, did, wasn't there someone else who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Yes, I think we can turn to the chapter 18 in the same book of Luke and we are going to learn about someone else that made a similar um, okay. question and that's 18 uh, verse 18 and can I read it from the new uh, international version okay and it says a certain ruler asked him good teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life mm. so we have a rich young ruler also who is making a similar question to Jesus uh, further down in Luke 18. And he has another problem of thinking, what do I do, right? Mm -hmm. right. But also the idea mm -hmm. that inheritance 
can be acquired outside of relationship. Mm. Mm. Because when Jesus tells him, give everything away and follow me, he walks away sorrowful, mm -hmm. right, Stephanie? It almost gives the Im impression of a transaction or an exchange for salvation versus mm -hmm. that relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, I want you to notice how Jesus responds to this mm -hmm. lawyer. We, we, we know that inheritance is, is, is in the context of relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and Jason, you may already may mention he might have been a little arrogant, yeah. but Jesus doesn't rebuke him, does he? Lalika, how does Jesus respond in Luke 10 and verse 26? I'll be reading from the New King James Version. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So what does Jesus recognize? What, you heard what Lalika just read. What is Jesus, how is Jesus approaching this lawyer? Yes, Addison? He, he approaches this lawyer with the utmost respect. Mm. You know, he, he cares about this lawyer, even though this guy comes to him with uh, wrong intentions. Mm. Uh, Jesus cares about him personally and, and responds with such a respect, not a judgmental attitude, but with respect. Mm. So we're talking about God's mission, my mission. Mm -hmm. If we just stop for a minute and said, by the way Jesus responded, someone might come to you, you're having lunch, at work or you're on a bus or, and they might come with like attitude right mm -hmm. you know like you talked about sometimes professionals and you don't know if you should tell them that you're a believer uh what what can we learn from jesus kailanda from the way he responds to this less than ideal lawyer who's come to him well he asks, what is your interpretation of the bible and I, I think the, the question is, if, if you want to start with the Bible and use it in further discussion, you have to ask people, how do you perceive the Bible? Because for me, I look at it as a book of hope, as a story of salvation, but someone might come from a background where they see it as myth, or they see it as a book that talks about judgment, or they see it as a place where hatred has sprung up from. So you have to first understand, well, how do you interpret this? What's your understanding? Mm -hmm. And then you can move forward um, and discuss God's grace. Mm -hmm. All right, I see a hand raised, but let me just pause for a minute. Uh, one of the things that people appreciate about Hope Sabbath School is that it is- Relational. Interactive, <laughs> right. right? That is relational too. Mm -hmm. It's interactive. What is Jesus doing here? Yeah. He's interacting. He's not just saying, you be quiet. I'm going to talk for the next hour. You sit still while I instill. No, he's interacting with him. Right. And I was about to just say that when people bring opposing views, it's easy to jump to conclusion and get defensive and say, no, that's not what, uh, or, you know, just assume what they are even trying to ask without really understanding the root of the question. And that's the approach that Jesus had. And uh, there's an author called Martin Copenhagen who, who said that in the gospel, Jesus asks more questions than he gives answers. Mm -hmm. Like he has give, he asks about 300 questions out of which 100 questions were uh, about him. And he mm. only answer, gives three answers. Mm. So it just shows us the importance of maybe doing what he does. Ask a question. Uh, by the way, the first account of him asking questions was? In the garden, when he meets Adam oh, and Oh, I'm, I'm talking yeah, so, about during the life oh. of Jesus. You're right, that's right. true even back then. Yeah. But during the life of Jesus, the first time, anybody know? 
when he was in the temple. He's 12 years old yeah. Yeah. and he's asking questions mm -hmm. of the, the, the teachers. Mm. Uh, Leah, if you could read for us from Luke 10, 27. Uh, Jesus has, Addison pointed out, he's treated him respectfully, even though he may have come yeah. across a little bit mixed motives yeah, and yeah. testing him. Yeah. Um, what, what can we learn about the lawyer from his response to the question of Jesus? I will be reading from the English Standard Version, Luke chapter 10, verse 27, reads, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. What do you think about that? Scripture. He knows the scripture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing mm -hmm. compared to the way a lot of the teachers of the law might have responded oh, yeah. in the time of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because wasn't there a time when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandments were? Mm -hmm. And what did Jesus reply? Love God, love your neighbor. Exactly the same thing. Love God with all your heart, right? And love your neighbor. So what can we learn about this lawyer from his response to Jesus? Yes, John? He's a student of the scriptures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and more than just a uh, theoretician, mm -hmm. he's got something right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is, isn't it right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So what could we learn from that about mission? person comes, you think they got kind of a testy attitude, you know, maybe a little bit haughty. But here he is answering like this, Samuel, what, what could I learn from that that might mm -hmm. help me when I'm doing mission? I think one thing that stands out here, particularly with his response, is that he, knew, he knows what it is, what the answer is. He just needed someone to direct him. Okay. You know, he, sometimes, you know, one author writes, the longest distance is from the head to the heart. There are many things that we know, but you know, you need that right person to ask those right questions so that comes to the forefront. Okay, mm. Sabina. I, I also think it teaches us that when doing mission, it's important that we part from a familiar place to those we are addressing. So talking to them about something that they uh, have some knowledge about, mm -hmm. there is a common ground mm -hmm. that is not going to seem like we're talking about something completely um, foreign to them. I think that, that helps to initiate a conversation to engage with people. So he's a teacher of the law. By the way, the term lawyer back then was uh, a student of religious law, mm. not what we would call an attorney. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, so it wasn't an unreasonable question, mm -hmm. Sabina saying to say, well, what do you read? Mm -hmm. yeah. But again, he, he gave a very appropriate answer. Mm -hmm. um, th that tells me that we ought not to Jump to conclusion. I was going to use a colloquial expression to write people off, That's <laughs> but we put that in other words to kind of set people aside because my first impression of them is they're not exactly perfect. By the way, there aren't any perfect people in the world because there's something here, isn't there? There's something that, that is responding to the teaching of Jesus. John? You know, the fact that Jesus is asking a question and receiving an answer back that shows that Jesus places value in him mm -hmm. in the sense that he has something to offer. Sure. And so, you know, there's always, uh, when you ask someone about them, you know, that kind of shows them, okay, they're 
showing attention to us. They're showing importance to us and they're valuing us. And so that is very important. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask Hope to read for us the next verse. You know, sometimes we just want to get to the story, but this is a very important interaction, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus is laying a foundation for a life-changing encounter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe it's more than laying a foundation. This is a life-changing encounter. And he's just answered, and you would describe his answer as? Correct. Good, right? Yes. Solid. Yeah. Right? And, and how does Jesus hope respond to this lawyer in verse 28 of Luke 10? I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. So, you know, you could say, well, there's a lot more to salvation. But if you love God with all your heart, you're going to accept his gift of grace and mm -hmm. salvation. Mm -hmm. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're in a living relationship with God because we can't love our That's neighbor right. as ourselves without that connection. Yeah. So Jesus makes it very simple. Now, what has Jesus done in this brief interaction? What has he done with this attorney, this, excuse me, this lawyer, teacher of the law? What's he done? think he come this lawyer comes with this barrier mm -hmm. yeah. and Jesus so needfully breaks it down ah, and he, he says what you said is correct right. you know, so you know the so answer. he breaks mm -hmm. it down but he's also built something what's mm -hmm. he built we have an expression in English anyway he's built a bridge, bridge. Mm -hmm. okay. right yeah. mm -hmm. Sabina he's he's built a connection he's affirmed that this man knows the law mm -hmm. he's listened to him he's affirmed him Sabina? Mm -hmm. And I think that exactly because he's not underestimating this person that he's gaining his confidence. Mm -hmm. So by uh, referring to him and affirming something that he is correct about, right, he's able then to, to lead them to reflect potentially on what is lacking, right? Because then mm -hmm. just do follow by pointing them to the very scriptures that he knew and indicating that maybe his understanding was not quite right because he, he still had to put that in practice. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think that's very wise of Jesus also, not underestimating the person in leading them to further uh, light. So as we go on to the story, I just want to pause for a minute, though, and Lilika, I see your hand. And I want to say one way then to build a bridge, or to use uh, Samuel's language, to take the barrier down mm -hmm. and build a bridge is to be respectful, mm -hmm. to ask a question mm -hmm. that makes sense to my hearer, mm -hmm. and where I see some truth, I can affirm that, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. building a bridge. Yep. Now, I'm going to give Lalika a chance to respond, and then I want you to think about what are some other ways that we could build bridges mm -hmm. so that we're want to be about the mission, right? Mm -hmm. I, may I may not necessarily uh, answer your question, but just to, to talk about what happened here in a little bit, is that uh, here is a, a teacher of law asking a teacher uh, about what he should do to, to inherit eternal life. The same way also the rich young ruler asked the question, and both of them get what they must to do. Mm -hmm. the, the Ten Commandments is where Jesus leads them to both of them. And here we see Jesus affirming that exactly what must be done. Um, our faith is what saves us, but it's, it's, it's a faith that is demonstrated. It's no, as the book of James says, yes. faith without work is dead. 
And sure. here is Jesus affirming them that the, the commandment must be kept. But you know, I like what this uh, lawyer says because people can think by keeping the commandments they're saved. This man said, I need to love God with all my heart. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually the summary of the first four commandments. Mm -hmm. And then I need to love my neighbor. That's the second. He has moved away from just theology mm -hmm. to, what's Works. that word again? Relationship. Relationship. That's right. He's getting that. Mm -hmm. So now Jesus is going to uh, move to the next level mm -hmm. because he's been called to love his neighbor Mm. as himself and <laughs> I imagine him doing a little computer search and saying wait what are the implications of that let's take a look Kailinda could you read verse 29 of Luke 10 and this is the new King James version but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus and who is my neighbor mm. why would he need to say that why would he need to try to justify himself. Anybody? Addison? You can see there's some resistance here. Yes. Right. It seems like he understands mm. on a superficial level the, the importance of relationship, but now mm. Jesus is like, now he's like trying to get him a little bit deeper and, and mm. maybe with the time and, and the culture and the, the different um, sectors of, of people back then, this is really hitting home for him. Mm. We have talked about the fact that uh, during the time of Jesus that the Jews didn't interact with the Gentiles. They didn't even want to talk to the Samaritans who were kind of part Jewish and part imports during the time of the Assyrian invasion. They, they were very, what, what's the word? They were very exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. weren't they? Yeah. Uh, and so he's being really challenged now. Well can you give me a boundary? I don't think he was wanting Jesus to say love everybody, <laughs> but could I at least have a boundary of who I'm supposed to love as my neighbor, right? Uh, seeking to justify himself, Samuel? And I think the initial motive with which he came to Jesus was to test Jesus, was to somehow kind of stump him in front of people to discredit him. But Jesus responds to him friendly and, you know, he, he takes interest in him, he gets into this conversation, but he still somehow has that resistance where he finds the need to justify himself and to continue to put Jesus to test. But what mm -hmm. I find amazing is that Jesus, even though he knows these men, this, this man's motive, he continues in dialogue with mm -hmm. them. That shows the heart of Jesus. By the way, before we're too hard on him, have you ever made excuses for your behavior? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> he hit me first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was mean to me, mm. so I was mean back, or whatever, you know. Mm. Uh, he's trying to justify the boundaries that he set, right? Mm -hmm. um, can you think of some examples in Scripture of other people you may be surprised how, how skilled we are at making excuses for our behavior. Can you think of some other people who uh, kind of made excuses for the way that they were? Stephanie? Adam. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Woo, yes. Well, that woman you gave me. And then she did it. The serpent. Yeah, made an excuse. And, of course, she said, well, if you hadn't made that serpent, of course, we know it was Satan using that, yeah. that as a cover. 
But yes, there's excuses, Samuel. I think of Aaron and the golden calf incident. Mm -hmm. Aaron tells, you know, these people, they were yeah, the one who led people. me to do this. And we, we just brought this gold and this calf came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sabina, excuses people make for their behavior. I'm thinking of Moses when God sent him to talk to Pharaoh. And then he tells God that, you know, he's, he's not good in speaking. That he may not be the right person to do that. And then God actually puts someone to, next to him to strengthen him mm. instead of sending him away. So I don't want to focus just on all the excuses because there are a lot of them in the Bible. But why is it never acceptable to make an excuse about loving your neighbor? Why is that never acceptable? John, Jason? Because God loves us, you know, so we have to display that if we're going to be called children of God. All right. Hope, what do you think? Never acceptable to make an excuse about loving my neighbor. That's what I was just thinking, same as Jason. Um, Jesus loves us no matter what we do, even if um, we are hard to love, even if we make mistakes, even if we mess up, he still loves us and he's calling us to love other people the same way. I mean, we can't, no one can do anything to us that we haven't done worse to Jesus. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, of course, drives that home when he says, uh, I, I want to tell you, even love your Enemies. enemies and bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. <laughs> you know, it's like, really, I mean, but we all tend to make excuses for sure. Stephanie? Sure. I was just thinking one of the reasons is, is because Jesus gave his life for every person. So we want to look at a story about demonstrating the unconditional love of God. Mm -hmm. And before we do that, I want to look at a few verses that encourage us to do that. We know the one in Matthew 22 where Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. But uh, Leah, could you read for us in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14, and then someone else look up Micah 6 and wave to me, and 1 John 4. The Bible is actually full of exhortation to love our neighbor, not to earn God's favor, but because we have a living connection with him, right? So Leah, how does it read in Galatians 5 and verse 14? And the English Standard Version reads, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Is that true? <laughs> uh, you know, we have, uh, we have an expression, uh, hyperbole, right? Is the whole law fulfilled in loving your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Uh, what about loving God too? I mean, uh, but I think we said we can't love our neighbor as ourself unless we have a relationship. that living connection with God and His love is poured through us. So it's an exaggeration for effect, but would you agree that Paul is saying to the Galatians, this is really important, important yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What about Micah 6? Did anyone find that? Micah 6, verses 6 through 8? I do. Stephanie, I thank you. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 10, rivers of oil, 
Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Hmm. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Do justly, love mercy are, are relational. Right. Mm -hmm. To walk humbly with your God is what enables you to do those others, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so throughout Scripture, what about 1 John 4, Kailinda? Verses 20 and 21. I'll read from the New King James Version. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Mm. Now we've talked about the fact that, that we've got to have that loving connection with God in order to love our neighbor as God wants us to, right? It's mm -hmm. impossible without. That's then right. you're going to be trying to fake love to get what you want, mm -hmm. and that is not the love of God, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It has to be that connection. I'm asking myself, if I have that living connection with God, is it still at times difficult to love my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Of course. What do you think, and what, what at times makes it difficult to love my neighbor? Um, of course, you might say, well, you don't love God perfectly. I'm mm -hmm. sure that's true, but, but none of us loves God perfectly, right? So, God, I love you, but I'm having a real hard time loving mm -hmm. Freddie you know, or loving Mary. What, what are some things that makes that difficult? John? You know, when you love and care about someone, but they misunderstand or they don't show that love back. Mm. So you feel that um, your love or your sacrifice is, is not valued, not appreciated, that makes it hard? Uh, Addison? I completely agree with John, and um, I find sometimes, like, it, it depends on the situation you're in, but, like, if it's a stressful time, if you got a lot on, on your plate, as they say, um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just, it's, sometimes it's a little harder to want to go out of your way for, for someone. And, uh, Samuel? I think some of the toughest sorries or forgiveness that you can ask are those people that you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we don't mend those relationships, you know, and uh, when we harbor those hurt and carry that, uh, you know, hurt and, you know, not resolve it, that can result in us not loving our neighbors as ourselves. Some, I, I see hands, yeah, some of it may be our own brokenness, yeah. right? right? But we're who we are. Um, Sabina? Mm -hmm. And I'm also thinking about those extreme cases in which and actually, there's a lot of people who suffer abuse, who had their, you know, family that has mm. even suffered, like, again, committed crimes against their family. Say if you have a family member, someone assassinated, you know, a brother, a mother, uh, it will be hard indeed mm. to go through that process of healing and forgiveness. And how do you engage in love with those who hurt you, right? Or who hurt those who are dear to you? Mm. People that have gone through war, persecution, you name it. Malika, mm. mm. why is it hard sometimes for us to love our neighbor? We, even, even followers of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. 
It, why is it hard sometimes? Love is the language that we are not really familiar with. It, it's who God is, and uh, God is that secure connector. He, he, his heart is healthy. Our heart is so broken, so hurt. We come from mm -hmm. a dysfunctional family, and and our understanding of love, it's it's so messed. Uh, and we need Jesus to do this powerful thing. The pride, the selfishness, we are all about what we can receive mm. back. So I think it's really important, thank you for sharing, really important when we're called to love our neighbor, to be very honest with God and say, I can't do that mm. That's right. unless your love is poured through my heart and a miracle of your yeah. grace happens, that I will surprise myself right? Mm -hmm. In loving even my unlovely neighbor, whoever that may be, and it may be different for different people. Mm -hmm. So keeping that in mind, lest, lest we go now to the story and go, well, that was just some ideal person. Actually, that's what God wants in each of our lives, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But as Lalika pointed out, we are broken, we're damaged. Mm -hmm. You said a dysfunctional family, and that's the whole human family. Mm -hmm. Maybe not just our immediate family, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need a miracle of God, but it's what He calls us to, mm -hmm. to love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at the story now in Luke chapter 10, uh, beginning with verse 30, a very familiar story. It's called the Good Samaritan. I don't know if that's the best I guess most of the inhabitants there would think all Samaritans were bad, but maybe think about it as we look at the story. Maybe there's a better description for this Samaritan besides just saying the good <laughs> Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, would you read the story for us starting in Luke 10, verse 30 to 37. We have the context now, right? Lawyer, mm -hmm. little bit uh, mm -hmm. testing and maybe a little arrogant, but Jesus has built a bridge with him. Mm -hmm. But now he's like, whoa, you know, I'm, he's calling him to a life-changing relationship, right? Yep. But right. what's this going to look like? I'm trying to justify the barriers I have. Mm. And here comes the story. And the New King James Version says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of the clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring an oil on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor, was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Mm. 
So recently I was in that wadi. You know what a wadi is? It's like a, a ravine valley. That wadi that goes from Jerusalem mm. at about 2,500 feet above sea level down to the Jordan, which is 1,000 to 1,200 feet below sea level. That's why mm. he's going down to mm. Jericho. And it's a kind of a desolate region, and uh, bandits are around there. And here this certain Samaritan, he's called, where do you see the unconditional love of God? Where do you see mm. God's mission in this story? What are some elements that you notice? I think it's, there's a mission to each of those individuals, to the, um, the priest and to the Levite, as he's sharing that, as Jesus is sharing that, he's trying to reach all of them. So he's trying to build a bridge with right. those leaders too. Right. Okay, because he doesn't really come out and openly rebuke them. He just describes what happened? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. What about the Samaritan himself? Where do you see the unconditional love of God revealed? We'll take one point from each person. Well, Jason? Yeah, when it says that he set him on his own animal, so he walked. You know, he put him on and he walked. Well, this was practical, right? Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was willing to give him a place. Exactly. Uh, hope? Where do you see the unconditional love of God in the story? Looking at how um, it says that he was stripped of his clothing, he was wounded, and he was alone, and he was half dead. I mean, this person is not in good condition. I think sometimes we overlook the people that look the worst on the outside and that look the most broken, but the Samaritan didn't pass him by and, and say, no, that's too much work for me to deal with him. In the same way, God doesn't leave us when we're broken and wounded. He's right there. He's picking us up and he's taking us to a place where we can be made whole. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So, so a, another demonstration is it's not a, a small response, is it? This is going to cost something. Yeah. Actually, not only my donkey, but two denarii, right? That's two days' wages. I don't know how much you make in a day, but multiplied by two, right. that's not like, here's a dollar, exactly. right? Yeah. Mm. Sabina, where else do you see, you, you've got, can I use the word, a lavish mm. or a generous response? Mm -hmm. Donkey, mm -hmm. putting him up, if I owe any more, I'll pay you. Mm. Uh, where, where else do you see the, uh, the love of God, Sabina? For me, the first thing I see here is the word says that he took pity on that person. Mm -hmm. So he allowed his emotions, his heart to be moved by the situation. You know, I think that uh, it's very telling of his relationship uh, with love or with a God of love because it's a person who sees the other and cares, you know, who even bothers to feel the sorrow and to empathize with the situation of the other person which is a very important first step. Jesus himself, the Bible says multiple times before healing people, he was moved by compassion. Yes. So we need to allow ourselves to, to feel those hurts. Mm -hmm. Now the Bible doesn't say that the traveler is Jewish, mm -hmm. but he is going from Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say, and another Samaritan came by the way. Mm -hmm. So would it be fair to infer that the traveler is Jewish? Mm -hmm. no. So where, where, where is the unconditional love of God revealed there? Mm. Well, the animosity between the two, um, a Jewish person and a Samaritan, there was, they were not 
best friends, let's put it that way. And so here you see someone who is not traditionally had had a close relationship and caring, taking care of someone who he could have said, well, that's on you. At least maybe someone Maybe let you. one of your people right. yeah, yeah. take care of this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, rather than showing the compassion, inclusive mm -hmm. love of God. Mm. Yes, mm. Lelike? Martin Luther King Jr. in his sermon about the Good Samaritan, he said uh, he imagined that the, the priest and the Levite said, uh, what would happen to us or to me if I stop and help this man? As you said, you've mentioned, you went there. It's a dangerous road, uh, was a dangerous mm. road. What would happen to me if I stopped to help? But the Good Samaritan instead asked, what would happen to him? if I do not mm. stop to help him. As Sabina was saying, people that are emotionally, spiritually healthy, they feel compassion and they welcome compassion in their hearts. Mm. So that, and my prayer that the Lord will keep on healing my heart mm. so that they will be able to feel for others and minister to them. Amen. Mm. We're gonna take one, one more comment here from Samuel and then I'd like you to think of some other stories in the Bible which reveal the unconditional love of God because really to love my neighbor means to love unconditionally because it could be anybody, right? Samuel? I mean, I look at this as I was thinking. The Samaritan, he helped this man who, who was hafted. He doesn't know about this man's background, you know, how wealthy his bank account was or anything. He did not expect anything in return. Yes. So He was wow. willing to incur a loss to profit this man mm -hmm. without expecting anything in return. So this was not a transaction. No. This mm. was a gift of love. Mm -hmm. mm. Does that sound like God? Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. A gift of love. Can you think of any other story? Is there a story that kind of comes to your mind which, uh, which also reveals the unconditional love of God? We're talking about mission to our neighbor. Mm. Uh, let's see what ones might come to mind. Jason? Yeah, another story in Luke, uh, the prodigal son. Definitely showing mm -hmm. compassion. So Definitely. when this boy who's gone off and lost everything, uh, by the way, it's his critical brother who says on prostitutes, mm. the text doesn't actually s say that. He says it, right. so he's, 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 he needs redemption too, by the way, the one that stayed home. Mm -hmm. right. but, but the father yeah, shows exactly. love actually to both boys. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. right. He runs to kiss the younger boy and he pleads with the older boy exactly. to come in. Yeah, so not. you see there yeah. the unconditional, and that's the closest neighbor that we have, I guess, is our somebody family. in our own family, family. Right? Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Let's not exclude them. Glennie? I'm reminded of the story in the Old Testament of Hosea, who, uh, who was a prophet, and he was asked by God to marry this woman who was gonna betray him and hurt him and do all of that, but God asked him to stay faithful to her. And uh, yeah, you see the same concept over here. The, the person in your closest circle, they hurt you, but to have the ability to say that I still care for you. You know, I've not really thought of that, but we've heard two times, don't, don't think that your neighbor doesn't include your family, family member, right? right? Mm. The one next to you, that may be the house next, but it might be the room next, or it may be the person laying in the bed next to you if you're a family member, right. or your child in the next room. Um, any other story that comes to mind, Kailinda? 
I was thinking about the unnamed servant girl in 2 Kings. She's taken from her home mm. and placed in a family and the owner, Naaman, gets leprosy. And she had all these like justifiable excuses. Mm. This family enslaved me. Uh, this man is a cultural enemy. If I tell him how he can be healed, he might go back and kill more of my family or hurt them. And she immediately tells them, this is how you can get healing through this prophet of God. Mm. And again, we don't know the ending of her story. So she's giving this information with maybe not receiving something in return. Mm. Uh, and her master was also an idol worshiper. Right. Just kind of an added, <laughs> yes. an added uh, point against him if I'm going to be not building bridges but building walls, right? right, right. This, uh, this, that's an interesting story. I wonder after he was converted, you remember, he gave his yeah. heart, wanted to worship the true God, whether he said to this captive maid, I, I want to give you your freedom to go home. Mm. Or maybe mm. I want you to be more like a daughter to mm. me. Yeah. Something would change, wouldn't it? Yeah, Just like uh, Onesimus, the runaway slave, Philemon, accept him back not, not as a slave, mm. but as a son. Mm. Oh, I'm going to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to change everything, isn't it? Uh -huh. Really. And it's impossible. Without God. The mission to our neighbor to love them is impossible mm. unless we have the love of God pouring mm. in our hearts. Sabina. And I'm thinking of one of the persons that God called to be the most prolific evangelist, and that's Paul. Mm -hmm. So the way that God restores Paul, who was a persecutor, who was a person who wished evil and who destroyed so many Christians before he himself had his encounter with Jesus. And then God yet called him and uses him mightily. So for me, this is really a true demonstration of God's love mm. uh, for Paul and for the people Paul would encounter. And it's interesting, after he does become a follower of Jesus, um, he still loves his people, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Romans 10, though, just praying that, that his people will accept the Messiah. Yeah. You know, it's, mm. we need to not build walls, but build bridges, right? Well, let's in this last part of our study, and uh, maybe, um, maybe I can ask one of our remotes, Leah, maybe you could start. And there's no right or wrong answer to this, but... What are some practical ways that we can demonstrate unconditional love to whoever our neighbor might be? Uh, you don't have to give me 10, but <laughs> what one comes to your mind? You say, Derek, we could do this. Uh, what, what's a way we can show God's unconditional love? I say the best place to start is begin your day with prayer. Whatever you're doing, ask God's blessing over it and that he would send his Holy Spirit to give you opportunities to love people unconditionally. And I know I'm continually surprised when I seek the Lord and ask him to give me a mission or to give me opportunities. He does it. Never underestimate God when you ask him to do something, he will definitely make sure it happens. Um, just be open to have opportunities to share unconditional love and it'll come in very practical ways and sometimes it'll just be a natural response and then you'll reflect later and you'll be like, oh, that was a wonderful opportunity that I had. Thank you, God. Your answer surprised me, Leah, and I want to thank you for it because it's easy to start listing things right. we can do. Mm -hmm. And actually what Leah said is before we do anything, <laughs> ask God to provide opportunities to show mm -hmm. his unconditional love. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, we'll be surprised what he'll do. So thank you, Leah, for pointing that out. It's really important, which reminds us that this is all about God. relationships, God. right, with God and then manifest with each other. Um, anybody else, a practical way that we can reveal the unconditional love of God to whoever our neighbor might be. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, one of the ways that God's love is revealed is through people that selflessly care. And so maybe someone who's younger, uh, showing interest in their life yeah. and helping them sort out through their life and how they can be established so they can do it to someone else when they are well established. Exactly. It, it could be that one of the greatest gifts that we give to show love is time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there are, there are five love languages, according to Gary Chapman, I think, right? And anybody remember, this is not in the Bible, by the way. So <laughs> it may not be 100% true, but, but what were some of them? Like, Lenny, I'm sure you um, probably know. Acts of service. Acts gifts, of service. Gifts. Gifts. Quality time. Quality time. Touch. Touch and words of affirmation, oh, right? Yeah. So they, could any of those be a way of showing love? Yes. In fact, if you really are attentive you might try to notice what their love language is. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Hello? Yeah, because if their love language is an act of service, to help that elderly person mow their lawn may mean more than just saying, you look cute today, right? <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but it's very intentional, but it's very practical. You say, well, I can't afford that. What, you mean you, you can't afford uh, a word of affirmation? Right. right? It's not always going to involve money. Mm -hmm. Lalika? Um, the love is an action verb. God loved and he gave. Um, <clears throat> the, one of the ways we can demonstrate and uh, get out of the theoretic um, season of, uh, of discussions and go to the to do it practically it's uh, ministering to people's needs mm -hmm. they may be spiritual emotional any kind of needs but sometimes we focus that they only have a spiritual need so I'm going to preach that person the word of God because it has to hear mm -hmm. and the person is hungry they made a sandwich said, right yes yeah. James said don't tell the person you're gonna pray for the person to go in peace minister mm. to that to the needs of that person do something we must do so let's mm -hmm. talk in the last couple of minutes a time when you saw unconditional love in action to somebody, anybody could be my neighbor, right? Tell me a time, short, you saw unconditional love in action. Jason. Well, speaking about food, Lalika, uh, it was a gentleman who actually was helping to get a room for the night. And as we was walking to the hotel, some guy just drove up to us and gave this man a pizza, you know, for the night. And so I was like, wow. That's a pizza? A, a pizza, a whole large pizza, yeah, for him to eat, you know, because he saw that he was in need. And so I just saw that and was just blown away, like, wow, look at God. I told him, like, look at God working out for you. Mm -hmm. And so it was a beautiful thing to see. All right, that's practical. Pizza, mm -hmm. pizza <laughs> delivery. <laughs> Sabina. I'm thinking of a church member that just passed away recently, and he dedicated a long, long time of his life uh, helping fix the car of single moms here in the community where I pastor. So for me, his dedication and loving service is, is so telling, like of his character. He was really a selfless person. Um, so that's an example for me of unconditional love. He gave a lot. Mm. One more, an example of unconditional love in action. Addison? 
there's a dear family uh, down where I live right now, and we just got reacquainted after 15 years. But the last two years have been just amazing. And I, they took me in, and they just loved on me, even for my scars, even though I have scars and wounds and a fragmented history and, and past and family. Mm. They just loved on me. They just, just as I am. Wow. And you're smiling while and, you're saying that. Yeah, no, I, it, it's very emotional for me because it, it's it's real. I, I I see the love every every time I'm with them. It is mm. it's real. There's no conditions. They just love. They just Amen. love. Mm. Mm. And Amen. my my brother, my sister-in-law, all of us. They just they just show God's love. It's been extraordinary to witness. Amen. And Jesus would say, "Go and do likewise." Amen. Amen. I've been blessed by the study today, mission to my neighbor, whoever she is, whoever he is, young, old, looks like me, quite different from me, in my own house or across the world. I, I really want to affirm what uh, Leah said earlier. God, just give me opportunities today mm -hmm. to show your amazing love, your yes. unconditional love. And it may surprise you what God will ask you to do. It could be a pizza. It could be, <laughs> it could be a word of encouragement. It could be a, a handshake that's more than just you know, socially acceptable movement, <laughs> but expressing love. Mm -hmm. I want to be that kind of person, that kind of follower of Jesus in his mission, don't you? Amen. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, thank you for this practical study, an ancient story, but lessons for today. Help us each day to say, God, show me opportunities to reveal your unconditional love, to be part of your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. I say, oh, I think I have work to do. But don't be stressed. Out of that living connection with God, let his love pour through you and go out and be a blessing to those around you.